Come on, when you hear that, you know at the movies has arrived. I want to bring that every week because that just got you guys your attention right away. I didn't have to do anything, all right? You can find your seat. If you're still getting popcorn or drinks or you forgot that you were supposed to get popcorn or drinks, you're not bothering us at all. Go grab some. Uh, You can do that all throughout the Sunday this morning. Everything's out there for you. Uh, If you see a box next to you that nobody has claimed, you can claim it, all right? I give you permission. Come on. This is, I love at the movies. And actually, the first time we did this, I made the mistake of not getting my popcorn until afterwards. And there was none left. So thanks for nothing, everybody. All right? So just... And then, so I learned my lesson a couple of years ago. I got it during, and I would eat it between the clips until a piece of popcorn lodged in my throat right before the lights came up during the clip. And I about died up here on the stage in front of all of you. And it was fantastic. And nobody came to help me. So once again, thank you for nothing, everybody. All right? Just... <laughs> But man, we're excited about this morning. But come on, let's go ahead, everybody. If you haven't already, let's open our drinks together. Come on, let's let's hear, because this is not a prop. I have Dr. Pepper up here, which is the liquid of kings. Come on, Dr. Pepper or nothing. Where my where my Dr. Pepper people at? Come on, yeah, we. I don't know what the rest of you are drinking, but this is what it needs to be. All right, so go ahead and open that. And get ready. It's going to be a fun, fun Sunday morning. I'm excited about this morning. And you'll see more. If you've never been in one of these, you're like, what did I stumble into? You'll see more as we go along what this means, uh, what it's like. But first of all, I want to say thank you uh, to a couple of people that came out this week. How many like the foyer? You guys enjoy the foyer, all the props out there? working. That's a lot of people working very, very hard. And so I want to say thank you to the volunteers uh, that came out. Keith and Gail, Mr. Bob, Ron and Kaylee, you guys that came out and helped. BJ, you guys that helped put this thing together, thank you to you guys. So come on, church. Can we say thank you to those who worked so hard? That was a little weak, to be honest with you, a little weak, but all right, that's all right. I'm saying thank you uh, for the rest of us. But what we do here around, just to get us in the movie mood, I always start off with some movie trivia that you may or may not know. Probably chances are you don't, unless you've been looking up movie trivia kind of on your own in your own spare time, to which I would ask Why? But I want to start with a couple of these get harder and harder to find the more years we do this series. So you're welcome for all my hard work. All right. So, you know, the drill, when I show a picture up here, you shout out if you know which movie it is, and then I'll give you a little bit of trivia past that. All right. So first one, let's throw that up there. Who knows what this is? All right, you guys, I can work with you people, all right? I can, we can do this. All right, Sound of Music, Julie Andrews, iconic film. How do you solve a problem like Maria? We don't know, right? But what you may not know is the opening scene, opening credits, this song, the way they got these shots is they strapped a cameraman to a helicopter and they would fly over where Julie Andrews is dancing and singing out on the mountainside. They'd fly over it, they'd strapped him to that, and it took them half a dozen takes to do. Now, you might have guessed that it was a helicopter that got the shot, but what you might not know is that it had rained the night before, so every time the chopper flew over, it would throw Julie Andrews into the mud. And so take one, they have to get her, pick her up, clean her off and go take two, get her, pick her up, clean her off. So I don't know about you, but by take five or six, I would be singing a different song. All right. I would, I would have a bone to pick with somebody. All right. Next one up. Shout it out. If you know the movie, right? The Hulk, right? This is right. Who said miracle on 34th street? Who said, <laughs> nobody? No, all right. Yeah, this is the Hulk. All right, everybody. 
the beloved green character. What you might know is the Hulk was not green at the beginning. Stan Lee actually saw him as gray until the printer had a mishap and a printer malfunctioned and he turned out green. And he loved it so much that this is the green guy we know and maybe love. I don't know if you, if you love him or not, but that's just for you. All right. I can tell you're excited about that one. Last one. Throw it up there. Anybody know the movie? How do you know that movie? Who knows that movie? Right, this is Die Hard, Bruce Willis, Action Pack. What you might know is the role of Bruce Willis was first offered to drum roll everybody. 73-year-old, 73, can we throw that one up? 73-year-old Frank Sinatra. There we go. That's the that's what I'm waiting to get back. 73, Frank Sinatra actually had dibs and contractual rights to the role because he played in the prequel in 1968. And so they were bound to offer it to him first. I have a note here. At 73, Sinatra graciously turned down the role. Come on, Sinatra. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. All right, now to your disappointment. Today's movie is not Die Hard, all right? It's not Frank Sinatra. It's not The Hulk, and it's not Sound of Music. Today is a movie called The Pursuit of Happiness. It's one of my favorite movies that has come out. It's based on a true story about a man named Chris Gardner and his son Christopher as they attempt to navigate their lives. Oh, what do you mean, for your birthday gifts? Yeah. Well, you know you're only getting a couple of things, right? Yeah, I know. Just to look at, study, so I can choose better. Okay, well, that's smart. Yeah, make a list. Can you spell everything you're thinking of? I think so. All right, that's good. This is part of my life story. This part is called Riding the Bus. that? It's a time machine, isn't it? it? Seems like a time machine. That seems like a time machine. It's a time machine. Take me with you. This machine. This machine on my lap. This guy, he has a time machine. He, he, he travels. He travels in the past with this machine. And it is not a time machine. It's a portable bone density scanner. A medical device I sell for a living. Uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to, to discuss it with you. I appreciate it. We just don't need it, Chris. It's unnecessary and expensive. Well, maybe next... Thank you. It gave a slightly denser picture than an x-ray for twice the money. Hey. Hey, baby. What happened? Uh, no, nothing. Look, I can't get Christopher today. Oh, no, you don't, uh, Chris. I'm back on at 7. I know. I've got to go to Oakland. So I gotta get Christopher home, feed him, bathe him, get him in bed, and be back here by seven. Yes. And we got the tax bill notice today. All right. That, that's what are you gonna do about that? This is what we gotta do. See that car? The one with the pretty yellow shoe on it? That's mine. There's no parking near hospitals. That's what happens when you're always in a rush. Thanks anyway, uh, very much. Uh, uh, maybe next quarter. It's possible. I needed to sell at least two scanners a month for rent and daycare. I'd have to sell one more to pay off all of those tickets under my windshield wiper. The problem is, 
I haven't sold any for a while. I got two questions for you. What do you do and how do you do it? <laughs> I'm a stockbroker. Stockbroker? Oh. Had to go to college to be a stockbroker, huh? You don't have to. Had to be good with numbers and good with people. That's it. Hey, you take care. Hey, I'm gonna let you hang on to my car for the weekend, but I need it back for Monday. Feed the meter. Still remember that moment. They all looked so happy to me. Why couldn't I look like that? How many want that car? Anybody want that? That red, I want that, I want that. Now, don't get me wrong, I love my Honda Odyssey minivan, right? It's a real man's, man's car. Got a V1 engine, really get up and go, you know, zero to 60 in 12 minutes, all the, all the great specs that I need, right? But every so often, you pull up to that stoplight and that sports car pulls up next to you and you give them a look, right? You got three kids in the back and you look over and you rev your engine a little bit right you give it, it sounds a little bit like a go-kart doesn't it? it just sounds a little come on how many guys you have the minivan how many rocking it with me you're in that season of like oh we don't have minivans we have suvs with sliding doors that's what i tell everybody that's just it's a, just a new feature they put onto suv but chris he wants that car he more than that car he wants what they have he wants what they what they perceive to have. He wants those smiles he loves. They've got the cushy jobs. They've got the money. They've got the nice cars. They've got everything together, don't they? And the pursuit of happiness is what this movie is called. And that's honestly what we would perceive to be behind those smiles, that pursuit of happiness. And Chris says, why can't I look like that? Have you ever asked yourself that question? If you've been honest with yourself, if you've ever asked yourself, you maybe are going through a rough patch in life or maybe nothing seems to be going right and you look around at people who are smiling, people who seem to have everything together, people who seem to always make the right choice, always have heaven smile on them, always have everything come out right. And you look around at that and you say, why can't I look like that? And I told you today's movie is based on a true story and the real life Chris Gardner They put his quote in here at one point. He asked this question. He says, why in the Constitution, how did they know to put the word pursuit before the word happiness? The pursuit of as if it's something you could never actually attain. It's just something you spend your entire life chasing after trying to get. And it's not a new thought, to be honest with you. In the Psalms, in Psalms 86, the psalmist asked for God to hear his prayer. And he asked him to give him protection because of the things that he had done and all of these things to preserve his life. And here's what he says in verse four. He says, give me happiness, O Lord. You ever prayed that prayer? Just give me, just give me happiness in the spirit of Frank Costanza, right? Serenity now. Like I just, just give me, just give me happiness. And Chris is pursuing happiness. And I want to start today by asking a seemingly simple question. And that is, what are we pursuing and why? What is it that we're going after? For Chris, having money for his family, the American dream, having money for his son, and that was what would make him happy. 
For our psalmist, it's protection and security. And it's, it's this idea that if I could just preserve my life, preserve this for me, that's what would make me happy. But I would submit to you, I believe the gospel has a completely different way of pursuing it. Completely different thing. But Chris follows up on his idea to be a stockbroker. Uh, and so he heads uptown to apply for an internship at Dean Witter. This part of my life is called being stupid. Yes, I know. Can I ask you a favor? Listen, do you mind if I leave this here with you? Um, just like five minutes. I have a meeting in there, and I don't want to carry that in there. Look at small time. Um, here's a dollar. <clears throat> I'll give you more money when I come back out. Okay? Um, it's not valuable. You can't sell it anywhere. Um, I, I can't even sell it, and it's my job. Chris? Yes. Tim Brophy, Resources. How are you? Come with me. Yes, sir. Let me see if I can find you an application for our internship. I'm afraid that's all we can do for you. See, this is the satellite office. Jay Twistle, he's in the main office. He oversees Wooded Resources. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just this office. As you can see, we got a lot of applications here. So, uh, yeah, normally I have a, a resume sheet, but I can't seem to find it anywhere. We, we uh, 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 thank you very much. I need you to go. Um, I'll, I'll bring, I'll bring this back. Thank you. Okay. Trusting a hippie girl with my scanner. Why did I do that? <laughs> Like I said, this part of my life is called being stupid. Sorry, sorry, I couldn't make it home on time. Chris, uh, I missed my ship. Yeah, I'm, I know. I'm sorry about that. Look, uh, I'm on my way right now. Are you, are you all right with, with Christopher? I'm leaving. Chris, I'm leaving. What? Did you hear what I said? I had my things together. And I'm taking our son. And we're going to leave now. I'm going to put the phone down. Linda, I'm going wait to a minute. Hold we the phone. We are leaving. It was right then that I started thinking about Thomas Jefferson and the Declaration of Independence and the part about our right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I remember thinking, how did he know to put the pursuit part in there? 
that maybe happiness is something that we can only pursue and maybe we can actually never have it no matter what how did he know that Linda Linda pursuing and why in this movie chris is doing everything he can to keep his head above water if he could sell two scanners this month he'll be able to live long enough to sell two scanners next month and then the next month sell two more if he can get the internship if he gets the great job then he can have enough money and he's going to be happy i think every single one of us at some point in our lives have bought into that lie If I can just get to the next stage, if I can just get enough, I would be happy. It's just the next promotion that I need, and that's as far as I need to go. It's just the next size up house that I need, and then we'll stop. It's just a little bit more money that I need that will somehow flip the switch and make me happy. And I think so many times in our lives we bought into that lie that the more money that you have or the more things that you buy or the more freedom that you have, the happier that you're going to be. The more autonomy, the more things. And my question for you then is, what is happiness to you? If you're constantly chasing, because if you're doing all the work, you're, you're doing the studying or working hard or doing all that, what is happiness then to you? What is that thing that you're trying to attain? What's that next step that you're doing all of this for? There's a guy that meets Jesus who kind of thought the same way as we're talking about this morning. He had money, he had intelligence, he had education, he had status. He had everything that would make him look successful from the outside. He thought he was already there. And he comes to Jesus and he's going to ask him about eternal life because he figures this is the one thing that I don't have. I've got everything else. I've got money. I've got the job. I've got status. I've got a rule and reign. I've got all the things that I think I need. There's one thing I don't. That's eternal life. So he goes to Jesus to ask him how he can get it. And I want to read it to you in Matthew 19. He says, behold, one came to Jesus. And he said, good teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? We know he was rich. He was influential. We know he had status. We know he had all of these things. And he said, Lord, I just want eternal life. I've got everything else under control. All I need from you is what thing do I need to do to cap this thing off? What thing do I need to do to have eternal life? And this guy's about to learn that he really didn't have everything under control. Because he thought he had all of this settled and he was going to Jesus for one more thing. But he's about to realize that actually he's been pursuing the wrong thing his entire life. He's actually been after the wrong thing. And he's going to realize that after all his accomplishments, after everything that he's done, that he actually got it wrong and that he missed it. He's about to have that moment. So my question to you, as you work hard, as you strive for happiness, you buy things, as you do all of this stuff, I would hate for you to be wrong. I would hate for you to miss it. I would hate for you to walk away and absolutely miss the idea that Jesus has for you. And we'll find out like the rich young ruler that he finds. And honestly, he finds out in a difficult way. Jesus is about to drop a bomb on his life. He's about to, about to show him that he doesn't have it all together. It's going to rock his world, that his whole plan was wrong. And so my encouragement for you this morning my, if I can give you one piece of advice, is if you are starting to get the idea that you might have gotten it wrong, 
that you might have gone down the wrong path, that your plan might not be the right one. I want to encourage you this morning, you can make it right. You don't have to be like the guy in our story. You don't have to be where you make the wrong decision pursuing. If you find yourself, maybe in one of these clips or in one of these verses, you realize maybe I'm going down the wrong path. You can make it right this morning. So Chris manages to get his son back and into the internship. But there's no paycheck attached to this internship, right? And no doctors are buying any scanners. And so they're not able to make ends meet. Chris! Chris! Don't jerk me around, okay, Chris? I'm not jerking you around, Ralph. All right? I'm going to get it. I need that money now, not later! When I get it, you get it, Ralph. Now! Where are we going now? Got to, uh, got to see somebody else. I'm tired. I know. Doesn't seem to be uh, functioning right now. I have to go now. No, no, no. Uh, just give me a second. I'm sure I can. I'm gonna be able to figure it out. Chris, Chris, just come back when it's working. No, no I, have to, I, have, I have to fix it now. No. Look, I'll still be putting money into the office then. All right? I really have to go, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. I'll see you soon. out of here. Why? We can't stay here tonight. Yes, we can. Open the door. Did you hear what I said? Let's go. Open the door. Stop it. Stop it.
Come on. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It is. No, it's not. All we gotta do is push this black button right here. Push it. Okay.
think the hardest part about the movies is having to talk after some of these clips, I think. The real-life Chris Gardner would tell you this was the lowest moment. This was, this was the bottom. Seemed like things were finally working out. He got the internship. He has his son back with him, and then it's another setback. Have you ever felt in your pursuit of success or in your pursuit of happiness or your pursuit of whatever it is that you can't ever catch a break? Like maybe, maybe you're in that spot right now. Like maybe you got the job and you worked hard and you, you did well and then they downsized. Or maybe you decided it was time to kick the habit and you finally got some freedom and you finally thought you were going along and then you relapsed. Or maybe you got a little bit of money and you thought this was going to finally happen and then you had another setback. And you're never getting anywhere. And so my question then for you becomes, where are you going? There's a man in the Old Testament named Solomon who asked a lot of these same questions in Ecclesiastes in the book. And I want to read a couple of the verses to you. But in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 3, he says, What do people gain from their labors which they toil under the sun? Then verse 14, I've seen all the things that they've done. All of them are meaningless, chasing after the wind. In chapter 2, verse 11, he said, When I surveyed all that my hands had done, what I had told, everything was meaningless. Everything was chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. You read the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, the wisest pessimist to ever walk the face of the earth. All you pessimists say amen. Can you imagine if Solomon was a pastor at this church, if he gave the benediction, right? The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine on your meaningless lives. You know, just just the entire book like that. He asked those questions over and over. Nothing was gained. Everything is meaningless. When this rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, what do I have to do to get there? What do I have to do to find that eternal life? What do I have to do? Jesus drops the bomb on his life to help him understand, unfortunately, that he's been going the wrong path. Unfortunately, he had come to that moment and never realized that he was making the wrong decision, pursuing the wrong things, pursuing success in the wrong way. And many of you might be on the wrong path, and I cannot warn you enough, cannot caution enough. You don't want to get to the end of your life and realize you missed it. Because this young man had a chance. He had a moment where he was told, you're going down the wrong path. And I hope for you, maybe this morning, you might have that moment. To realize, hey, I might be pursuing the wrong things. Hey, I might be going after, I might be giving all my energy to the wrong way. I missed it. The Bible says at the end of it all, after this life, that Jesus will look at so many people and say, depart from me. I never knew you. I don't want you to get to the end of it all and realize that you missed it. And so in this story, Jesus in our verse says, why do you call me good? Why do you call me good? He says that in Matthew. He says, no one is good but God. If you want to enter eternal life, keep the commandments. And the guy said, that sounds great. Which ones? And so he tells him, he says, which ones? He says, you should not murder. You're not supposed to commit adultery. You shouldn't steal. You shouldn't give false testimony. You honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus is walking him through those. And the man said, this is great. I've done all of those things. I, I know I look like I've got all the status and success in the world, but I've also done all of those. I've done everything I need to do. I'm good. And you can imagine this guy thinking, I've done it all. I've got the success by the world standard. Now I've come to Jesus and he's validated my lifestyle. I'm good with God. I've done everything. I, I'm good. And he said, all of these things I've done since I was a child. The young man said, what do I still Lack. And Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and then come and follow me. 
And 2,000 years later, you can still hear the explosion in this guy's mind, right? You can hear the mental synapses breaking. You can, you can see, because you have to understand, this guy's God was his wealth. And Jesus, in one sentence, uncovers the ugly truth that everything about this guy's life was designed to hide. Everything he had done to this moment, all of his facade, everything he had done good morally, everything he had done good for status or education or rich, everything he had done was designed to hide this one fact that his God was not God. His God was money. His God was wealth. And Jesus looks at him and says, yes, you've done good things. Yes, you've reached success by the world's standards. But underneath it all, somewhere along the way, you traded love of God for love of money and it has you in chains. Somewhere along the way, you made that transaction. And I think so many of us, so many times in life, come to that realization. Oftentimes it is money. And maybe that's what it is, your wealth for you. Maybe that's what you're pursuing. I've told you before, you don't have to have money to love money, okay? You don't have to, you think, well, once I have it, then I'll fall in that trap of loving it. No, you can have nothing and still love money. But if Jesus looks at this guy... And he uncovers the truth that maybe this guy hadn't even come to that realization that his God was his wealth. Listen, church, the spiritual downfall is not when you have things, it's when your things have you. Your spiritual downfall is when they get a hold of you. Your concept of happiness may be your God. Your concept of wealth, your concept of chasing after a relationship. All of these things may have taken the place. And the obstacles you encounter in pursuing them may be God showing you that they're not worth pursuing. And in your life, when you have those setbacks, sometimes it's God showing you it's not worth putting your trust in that thing. The Bible says in Psalms 33 that no king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. And here's this guy with all this money, all this prestige, and he wants one thing, eternal life, and all of his riches cannot buy it. All of his possessions can't be traded for it. This one thing that he wants. And Jesus says, I want you to go. Sell everything that you have. I want you to let go of everything that you've got. Let your hands off of these possessions and then come and follow me and you'll have treasure in heaven. Listen, church, he's not trying to impoverish this guy. He's not trying to like leave him in poverty in an alleyway somewhere. He's trying to show him what has control of his life. And he's trying to show him how he can be truly free. He's trying to explain it. What's taken the place of God in your life? What's taken that place in your life? If you're being honest with yourself, and you might not have realized it until this moment. But if you're honest, you have an honest discourse with yourself. What's taken the place of God? What are you pursuing after? What are you willing to give up everything trying to pursue? And my question today then is, are you willing to give up everything and to trust God instead? Willing not to put your hope in things or in your picture of happiness, your own idea of what could make you happy, but put your trust in him. And in our movie, Chris and his son now are moving between homeless shelters. They're going from place to place. And his internship is about to end in one final test. And only one intern gets the job. And so he's trying to take care of his son. And he's trying to study for his test. And he's finally reached the breaking point. Some sleep, okay? Okay. Warm enough? Yeah. All right. 
Did mom leave because of me? What? Did mom leave because of me? Don't, don't even think something like that. Mom left because of mom, and you didn't have anything to do with that, okay? Okay. Good papa. All right, go to sleep. I love you. I love you too. The important thing about that freedom train is it's got to climb mountains. We all have to deal with mountains, you know? Mountains that go way up high and mountains that go deep and low. Yes, we know what those mountains are here at Glide. We sing about them. that mountain give me strength to climb it so often we're sure we know how to solve our problems we're sure we know what would make us happy god move the mountain god erase the problem god eject me from the situation god give me every dollar and everything i ever wanted we're so sure we know what will make us happy you know that god's ways are not our ways the Bible says that his thoughts are above our thoughts. His ways are above our ways as far as the heavens are above the earth. In other words, God knows what he's doing. He knows what will actually bring meaning to our life. He knows what actually brings happiness and he knows what does not. And so oftentimes in our own journey, in our own path, God will show us. And it's our job to trust him that he knows what will. The rich young ruler, he thinks he has success. He thinks he has all his bases covered. And he's like, what do I need to do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, live the commandments. He said, I've done all of those things. What other thing? And Jesus said, give up everything you've got. 
If you want to be perfect, sell it all and give it to the poor and come follow me. And this guy said, there's no way I'm going to be happy if I do that. There's no way I'm going to have happiness in my life if I sell everything and give it to the poor. If I follow what Jesus is asking me, no way it's going to happen for us. And we love to hate on this guy in the story. We love to poke at him. But don't we do the same thing? Jesus, I know what you're asking me to do. God, I know you have a plan for my life, but there's no way I find fulfillment in that. God, I know what you're calling me to do in this situation, but no way it brings me happiness. No way that's what I need to find purpose. God, I know what the Bible says the right decision is to make, but I see all my friends doing something else. And I really, really know inside of myself that's what I need to do to be happy. So oftentimes we're not willing to trust God's choice. Time and time again, we'll turn our back on his plan for us because we're so sure we know. We're so sure that we're right. We know what will make us happy and yet it never satisfies. It's never enough. We can never work hard enough. We can never make enough money. We can never do enough. It's never enough. But I want to tell you this morning, there is someone who is enough. Jesus said in John 10, I came that you would have life. I came that you might have life and not just life on its own, but you would have life to the full. He said, the reason I came to this earth, the reason I'm in relationship with you, the reason I gave my life, I came to give you life and that you would have it to the full. Listen, church, this is not happiness that's based on happenings around you. This is not a two-day circumstantial type of happiness. This is not a smile that's there one day and gone the next. This is life and it's life to the full. It's what Jesus promised us. He said, if you'll trust him, if you'll believe that he has a better plan for your life than you have for yourself, if you'll put your trust in him, you'll have life and you'll have it to the full. He's not talking about a moment. He's not talking about a fleeting happiness. He's talking about an enduring, an enduring fulfillment, a purpose, an enduring moment in your life that there is a God who has a purpose for you, that he knows the plans that he has for you, plans to give you a future and a hope. Hi, Chris. Mr. Fromm, good to see you. Nice shirt. Thank you, sir. Chris. Hey, Jay. Chris. Sit down, please. I thought I'd uh, wear a shirt today, um, you know, being the last day and all. Well, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. But um, wear one tomorrow, though, okay? Because tomorrow's going to be your first day. If you'd like to work here as a broker. Would you like that, Chris? Yes, sir. Good. We couldn't be happier. So, welcome. Was it as easy as it looked? No, sir. No, no sir, it wasn't. Good luck, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Oh, Chris. I almost forgot.
this part of my life, this little part, is called happiness. pursuing? What are you running after? What are you chasing? Is it things that are temporary or is it the God who loves you and has a purpose for your life? Chris gets the job opportunity that he's worked all film to get, but you notice the first place he runs to is his son. First place he goes is because it wasn't about the job. And the real life Chris Gardner says in his interview, the job was always secondary. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the fame. It was never about that. And the same thing is true for us. Like Solomon, if we pursue the world, what the world has for us, it's like chasing the wind. It's meaningless. You'll never catch it. And when we realize what the world doesn't offer, when we realize that what it has doesn't satisfy, when we realize that and we trust God, we find life and we find it to the full. It can't be simpler than that. What are you chasing today? Where are you going? What are you going after? What are you giving all of your pursuit to? What path are you on? And are you willing this morning to be honest with yourself? That has nothing to do with anybody around you. Be honest with yourself to say, yeah, I've been on the wrong path. I pursued the wrong thing. I put the wrong thing up as the idol of my life. I chased after it. I want to encourage you today, you can make it right. You can make a change. You can actually set back on the path God has for you. You have that choice, the same as the rich young ruler. He had a choice to make. Is he going to keep pursuing the things that he was pursuing? Or is he going to follow after God and all that he has for him? He has his answer. What do I need to do to have eternal life? And he makes his choice. And it's the decision every single one of us have to make. Are you going to pursue your picture of happiness? Or are you going to trust God's plan? And I promise you, his path is better than your own. I promise you his path, his purpose, his life for you is more than you can pursue on your own. But watch this. When the young man heard it, when he heard what Jesus said, he went away sorrowful. He made his choice. And he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And really what the Bible should say there, I'm not trying to correct the Bible, but what it means there is his possessions had him. His possessions had him so bound, he came to Jesus himself and was given the choice to say yes to eternal life. And he turned away and he couldn't make the choice because he had great possessions. Let that not be us. If you're going along the wrong path, you pursued the wrong thing. Right now you have a choice. You can make the choice between whatever it is you set up as God in your life or Jesus Christ who has life and has it to the full. You can make your choice. 
Are you going to trust God or are you going to follow after your own thing? Like the rich young ruler, he was told, sell everything and come follow me. I'm not going to ask you to sell all your stuff this morning. I don't know what has its claws in your life. I don't know what has you bound. I don't know what has you in chains. It may be money. It may be possessions. It may be an addiction. It may be something that you've set up as the end all, be all, that you've pursued with everything inside of you. But I'm asking you, open the hand of your life and say, Lord, here. I surrender it to you. Lord, I know I went down the wrong path, but God, I want to make a decision today. I want to follow after you and what you have for me. Like the rich young ruler, we have a chance to make a decision. And you can do what he did. You can walk away sorrowful because of your great wealth. You can walk away sad because of your possessions. You can walk away because you can't give up whatever it is that has you bound. You can open a hand of your life and say, Lord, I trust you. I give it to you. I surrender it back over to you because I want eternal life. I want your plan for my life. I trust that the purpose that you have for me is greater than anything I can pursue on my own. Bow your heads with me today as we close. I just want to pray as we end. And maybe today you've realized that you've been going down the wrong path. You've chased the wrong thing. Maybe at some point you realize that you've made the wrong choice. You've forgotten that God has a plan for your life. You've let the cares of the world, you've let the possessions and the money, you've let whatever it is seep in a little too much and it's taken control. I want to pray that we could get it right this morning. That we could reset, that we could follow after the purpose God has for us. But first, maybe you're here for the first time or maybe you're hearing for the first time that God has a plan for your life. And maybe you've heard all kinds of different things about Jesus and you've always thought that God was up there waiting to condemn you or to judge you. I want you to know he's not mad at you. He's not waiting to judge you. He wants to rescue you. And I don't know what you may have heard about Jesus, but I want you to know he loves you. More than you could possibly imagine. He went to the cross to die to rescue you from your sins. He rose again so anyone, the Bible says, doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter what you've done, anyone can call on the name of Jesus and be saved. He did all of that for you. And this morning, you may have been during the middle of the clips, you may have felt a stirring in your heart or maybe during one of the verse readings, you may have heard something and thought, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a pull towards, let me tell you what that is. That's God pulling your heart. It's God saying to you, I haven't given up on you. I still love you. I still want you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've gone. I can still rescue you. I can still redeem you. I can still wash you clean. It's God speaking to your heart. So every head bowed today, we're going to pray. And if you say, that's me, I I never knew that I had that opportunity. Or you say, I want to come back. I want to rededicate my life. Or you say, I want to give my life to Jesus. You can make it right this morning. It would be my honor to pray with you. If you say, I want to make that decision right now, I want to pray this prayer with you. I'm not in this to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you stand or come to the front. I want to pray a prayer of surrender that you can pray right where you are. Say, Jesus, forgive me. So right now, church, we're going to pray with them. Nobody prays alone. And if you're watching online, you're here in the room, pray this prayer with all your heart. Say, Jesus, forgive me. I repent. I made mistakes. But I ask you to forgive me. 
I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again. And I make you the Lord of my life. And every head bowed. Jesus, right now, we celebrate with those who prayed that prayer. Lord, we celebrate with all of heaven with those that made that decision to follow after you, God. And I ask right now for all of us, those in the room, those watching online, Lord, let us begin to pursue your plan for our life. God, help us to see your purpose for us. Let us shake off whatever it is that has us bound. Holy Spirit, give us the power and the strength. If it's money, God, to release us from the the stronghold of money. God, if it's possessions, God, free us from the chains of our possessions. Lord, let us run after you, unfettered, unchained. Let us go after everything that you have for us. We thank you, Lord, for changed lives. We thank you, God, for your plan and your purpose. We thank you for all that you're going to do. And we'll give you all of the glory and all of the praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's church said amen and amen. Come on, church. Can we give God praise for what he did today? Really quick before you go today. If you prayed that prayer, I would encourage you, tell someone. If you surrendered your life, tell someone, maybe a mom or a dad or a friend later this week on the phone. Come up and tell one of the pastors. I'll be at the front of the stage. But tell someone about the decision you made to follow Christ. You guys are dismissed. We'll see you next week for part two.